This episode of the Blockbusters Podcast, sponsored by Salon 4110, owned and run by my good friend Alicia Di Rosario. It's located in the Salon Lofts on 925 Polaris Parkway, loft number five. It's a great concept. You just rent a loft, and it's your own business, and she's awesome. Friendliest person you're ever going to meet. Super sweet. Extremely professional. Does a great job. And right now, she will do a discount for 10% if you listen closely on this episode for the secret message or word. So pay attention, folks, and she will honor that 10% discount and... I'm telling you, you got to go there for nothing else than the scalp massage. Uh, just try to stay awake, I dare you, because <laughs> it, it's magical, and God bless her. Go to Salon 4110 and go see my good friend Alicia. Welcome to episode 25 of the Blokebusters Podcast. I'm Paul. And I'm Brian. Alrighty, today is September 23rd, 2013, and we will be talking about films made from books, and we might have a little discussion on whether or not we're willing to accept short stories. <laughs> short or, stories, novellas, uh, yeah. scratches on a napkin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, chances uh, are we'll throw in a couple of those, but whatever. Mm-hmm. But first, I would just like to remind you to either follow us on Twitter at Blokebusters or on Facebook at dot com slash Blokebusters, or you can email us at blokebusterpodcast at gmail.com. We did have another one, but that's going to expire soon, and I unfortunately don't have the spare money to get that back, so just so the misspelled one. shit, folks. <laughs> <laughs> We're down to one email. Deal uh, with it. I know. <laughs> Given the torrents of emails we've had coming in, I'm sure. The influx. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, now that we're down to one, it's just, we're going to see it go through. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Alright, so, main reason why we sought to do this was that I had never read Ender's Game. And with the film going to come out in two months now, I think it is, I, I figured that I should read it. Because I knew it was a good book. And with the film coming out, I wanted to be knowledgeable of that because I do think that as much as possible, you should know what you're dealing with when you go into the film. I do know you said that you've not read the Harry Potter book, so for you, the films are their own entity, as it were. I don't know if you've seen any of them. I have seen all but like the last two. Last one, maybe. All right, I don't know. so that says to me you kind of don't care how it ends. I don't give a shit. No, <laughs> I mean, no, I saw what was it Deathly Hollows the last one. Uh, Is that it was broken, broken into, into two? But yeah, yeah, I saw, yeah, I saw the first part. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm really? guessing he wins. <laughs> um, yes, I'm gonna see it at some point, but you know, I don't need the details. But <laughs> I don't know. It's just. They're good. No, I I don't have the fondness that you do for them, but no, they, yeah. they are decent films. Well, well, this is going to be the thing with a lot of these films is that books are such an intimate thing that if you like them so much that maybe you don't want to see the film or you go and see the film and you like the film less because you think, oh, it didn't have this in it or it didn't have this or it did this wrong. So, yes, I think we should save this for my rant a little later on. Yeah, I I, I was was going to say... 
Blockbusters rants. There are people that don't read the books and then go and see these films and then either then read the book mm-hmm. because of that or don't read the book at all. Yes. But just like, yeah, <laughs> and I'd like to say that we uh, hopefully are not going to discuss the atrocious <laughs> practice of turning films into novelizations. <laughs> <laughs> like there are Jack Reacher novels. Yeah. And, uh, well, wait, I think those actually existed first. They, they did. Yeah, they yeah, were yeah. the books. But you know what I mean. Like, you yeah. know, turning Die Hard or something into a... A book, or, yeah, you know, just those... Or, or one of those things where I understand taking the concept of that and then creating entirely new stuff with it. For instance, there is Monk books that follow oh, on after yeah. the end of Monk. There was one that I saw and I almost picked up just because I wanted to go, huh? Which is, everyone's moved on and Monk has himself a girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> and it's like... Given how Monk ends, I always figured he would probably still be alone, just with an assistant, but mm. apparently not, no. But with this, we want to try and talk about the nature of these films, and I want to ask the question as well of whether books are best done as films, or maybe as TV shows, or even just miniseries. And there have been some of those that have been really good. One that I mentioned to you before was Day of the Triffids. It was first done as a film in the 60s, I think. It was done as a miniseries in the 80s. And then in 2009, the BBC did a two-episode, like, three-hour miniseries of Day of the Triffids, which was fantastic. So that's, Take your word on that. Uh, <laughs> and then do again, I, I do know Day of the Triffids is not the biggest book. So mm. they could probably do more with that. Yeah. Although I, I haven't said this to you yet. Now, having read End of the Game... Mm-hmm. And seen the trailer for Ender's Game. Why have they spoiled the ending? You know, I I don't know. <laughs> what is it with trailers nowadays? Uh, I hate I, I hate I, and love trailers at the same time. We've gone over this before. I know. But, I know. I meant. I know they need. I don't know why they. You know, whoever's in the marketing of these things that decides. Well, we need something to pull them in. Like I don't know why you just can't be a little more clandestine yeah. in your approach because that will, makes me want to see something more than showing me everything like i want to be left hanging i love teasers like the man of steel teasers were incredible yeah and i like because you just see him just rock it up at the end yeah uh, you know it's just, just like 30 seconds. 30 seconds that was wonderful that's all i need to pique my interest i don't need to see everything that's going to blow up in the whole movie <laughs> i don't need to see the football stadium and batman you know i've gone yeah. over that a hundred times but, yeah, I don't know why they need to throw that out there. Yeah. Because it's a great... I don't think yeah. we should spoil something not, that hasn't come out yet. No, no, no. no. Yeah. But for, it's, for those that haven't seen it. But I know. I'm sure there are plenty of people that have read yeah. the novel. But uh, I, well, it's it's something that... I don't know. You like to figure things out early. But did you see it coming, reading the book? I had... Uh, I know <laughs> this is going to be really odd for people that haven't read the book. Yeah, what the hell we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Just I, hit your 15-second button ahead <laughs> a few times. You're yeah. good. I had a guess. Mm-hmm. And I actually also had an alternate theory, which I gave up halfway through the book because uh-huh. I realized that wasn't going to be the case. Uh-huh. And yeah, I, I kind of guessed it, but, and this is why I like reading so much, I'd almost forgotten mm-hmm. my th- my idea when I actually got to the end. I was mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can give a little clue. If you've seen The Last Starfighter, it's like that. Taken to the next level. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'll say. <laughs> uh, and that, well, I was thinking as well with that trailer, 
And uh, yeah, we're talking about this game for a little bit. This did spark the podcast. Why I think they should have in the trailer just shown more of the battle school stuff, like make make a couple of those mm-hmm. fights be in the trailer, and then skip out the one thing which I'm not going to say what it is that spoils it, but mm-hmm. the thing that spoils it, cut that out entirely, and then people that go and see the film, it'll be the same sort of thing as another film which I've forgotten off the top of my head, but you only saw the first half an hour in the trailer and then the rest of it was like wow there's so much more to this film they could have done it like that you get halfway through the film and it's like oh I've seen everything that was in the trailer and it's still going mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know either way I think it's going to be an enjoyable movie But yes I am definitely looking mm-hmm. forward to it I like the three main people in my head mm-hmm. the three main people on that list I like all of them yeah. so yeah this should be should be a good <laughs> film you never know how it's going to turn out yeah. you know but yeah which we can like kind of go into now, I suppose, then. I don't know, yeah. Let's, let's name a couple of different franchises, then. Obviously, we let's... mentioned there's Harry Potter. Okay, all right. Which is a big franchise, and Lord of the Rings. And I think those two kind of competed for a while as the big oh, film series. Oh, there's no competition. Made in... Yes. Right. <laughs> for, the, for the grown-ups. <laughs> yes, all right. I will argue that the later Harry Potters were as good as most of the Lord of the Rings film. Okay. But yes, Lord of the Rings as a whole, probably the better series of film. Yeah, and see, that's one of those, I think it's a good jumping off point for me because that's something I read early on and then I reread as I knew the movies were coming out. Right. So it's something I've held near and dear for a long time. Yeah. And it's always one of those things, like a lot of filmmakers have said, you know, like, and like I thought, like reading those, there's no way this can ever be put on screen. Yeah, there's way too much going on. <laughs> Tolkien is so dense and so thorough in his history yeah. and his backstory and just all of the, his creations. Like, there's no possible way if you do do it, it's going to look horrible. And there's you know there's no way you're going to be able to condense. The, I mean, the novels are enormous and they're yeah. immense, and, it, and you have chapters of just thousand years of backstory. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it was the sort of thing that what they're doing with the Hobbit. Lord of the Rings should have been a nine-film epic if they wanted to put everything in the book. Well, let's not get into stretching the shortest novel into the longest, (laughs) into just as many films as the other Lord of the Rings. But yeah, that's the thing. There's so much in some of these books that you figure, how can they fit Mm -hmm. so much into these films? And I do think Lord of the Rings, on top of the fact that they made them really long, so Mm -hmm. you were able to get more in, they were able to trim, for the most part, a lot of the stuff that really was superfluous. You didn't no, no that's it. what I wanted to get to. They, they, Peter Jackson and his partners, they, they kept the core in and they kept the heart of the books in the film yeah. and the messages that are important um, and at, the world came alive and I'm not one of those, where's Tom Bombadil? Oh, I miss Tom Bombadil. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, when I read the book, I actually read all three books in a week when no. I was in France Mm. Uh, mainly because I didn't want to go outside and do the stuff that there was yeah. to do at this French Euro camp mm-hmm. thing. So I stayed inside and read all three books. And before I went on holiday and I said that I would take them with me, one of my friends said, that's fine, skip Tom Bombadil. <laughs> skip that chapter. And I yeah. said, okay. So I read all the books and I skipped that chapter and I got to the end of the book. And then I thought, huh, so I wonder if I missed anything. And so I went, I went back and I read that chapter and I realized there was nothing in that chapter that was of any importance whatsoever. That was filler. Yeah, yeah. Uh, after but, filler. <laughs> but I mean, I, like, there were people that were upset with the two towers. I remember this because if you read the two towers, you remember 
It, it is broken into two sections, and it follows Frodo and Sam yeah. and Gollum all the way through the entire novel. And then I, I don't, I forget who's first. Um, right. I think Frodo and Sam might be second. But and then you have Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli, and you know they're one half. Yeah, that does not work in a film. No, no one's going to watch a film and then it ends and then it starts again. Yeah. <laughs> it ends. Yeah. You have to have the intercutting. And I remember people upset, like, "Oh, that's not the way it was in the novel." Yeah. Yeah, you you got to build the suspense in a in a film. You well, just you know, and when you're reading, that's fine. You're oh, like, I can't wait to get to see what Frodo and Sam were doing at this point because yeah. it's your own world. But it. Doesn't well, that, function that way in well, that, film. That unfortunately is also probably a sign of exactly how different film audiences are to book readers. Mm-hmm. In that most book readers, you get you do get the sucked into that, and you tend to remember more mm-hmm. of it. If you were watching that as a film, you're having to watch it, listen to what's being said, and then think back to the other video and audio from an hour and a half ago to remember exactly where in the timeline this is which as you said it doesn't work in that medium you're going to get so many people that are not going to like it because it did that that even the let's say one percent of people who were the core fans who went to see it and got upset about the fact that it wasn't like that yeah they're not going to risk upsetting the other filmgoers that know not very much about it. So yeah, yeah, and really like getting upset people? about things or about events happening out of sequence, you know, or th- like you know, you sometimes you got to make things work. You just yeah. you know, like oh, that didn't happen till then, or you know, or that character never had that line, you know, or yeah. that, or or it was similar to a line in the book, but it's different. You know? <laughs> Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Well, I, I'll, I'll get. Yeah, I would even point out that sometimes it's impossible to do what's on the page, and for very specific reasons. For instance, let's go with the first film, The Balrog. There are two separate descriptions of the Balrog in the book. One of them states that the smoke unfurls as if he had wings. The second one states that his wings unfurled like leather. <laughs> so the book doesn't know if it had wings or not. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you do that in the film? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Obviously, clearly they just it's went with the wings. But yeah, yeah. yeah a, a lot of these films are like that. Now, I will be slightly hypocritical and say that there are some books that, let's say there's either so little in it that you changing so much of it mm-hmm. will just make it something completely separate in and of itself but also and i think i might have mentioned this on this before we have talked about it the world war z film mm-hmm. it Which... took the idea of the book and went mm-hmm. with it sort of so <laughs> I, i'm guessing had it been called something else you would not have had it initially yeah if i'd have heard that it was if, if there had been like by. you know if it had a different title and then like there's a title card in the credit opening credits based on the novel world war z something like that something like that i mean or i i would prefer inspired by <laughs> inspired because by, yeah. anyone that has read the book knows exactly how it's structured it really is you see interviews of people before the attack happened when the attack mm-hmm. happened after the attack happened and this film was as far as i was aware during the attack the, mm. at the outbreak i would say at least at the outbreak in america and one character following them through Mm -hmm. this which makes sense if you're following one of the interviews but again it wasn't a character from the book it was just taking the idea of the book and being like okay this is how this might have worked out and they made the zombies run 
Which didn't happen in the book as well. <laughs> well but, I don't I mean, know. In, in, in this day and age, zombies. I have no well. connection to the novel whatsoever, and I think the the movie is very well done. I, I think it's a great movie, and I, I have nothing to compare it against. Yeah. Uh, so you know, exactly. But I, I thought it was a very good film, very well done, and I thought it was a nice take on the zombie flick, which just follows not just one person trying to save the world, yeah. but one family, right? Uh, trying you know to survive yeah. this. What? I fully understand it, and it is a shame, and it's something that happens to a lot of people that read these books, is that I don't know if I can ever watch it without just being like, this so, isn't that. that yeah, I might as well go into the rant and get it over with All quick. Right. Because, well, and I alluded to it earlier, but I'm tired, sorry Paul, of everyone saying, <laughs> it wasn't like the book! That's why it's a movie, okay? It's a movie, it's allowed to exist separately, and you have to, I'm sorry if you loved the book, the movie's a different thing. Yeah. And it doesn't have to, I, I think, well, let me be careful about this. I think <laughs> the filmmaker needs to be careful with the source material. Yes. Needs to honor the integrity of it, the 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 overall message, like I said, with Lord of the Rings. Yeah. or You know, with but within that framework, I think you're allowed to have uh, artistic license. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think as long as it conveys the same message and, you know, and if the author is on board with it, then who are we to judge? Yeah. That's if, you know, like, like you said, Stephen King sells his rights for a dollar. So yeah. clearly he doesn't give a shit what you do with trucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His trucks running people down. It's basic. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> but you're, you're never going to compress into a film what you can in a 800 page novel. Yeah. That would be 11 hours long. <laughs> and your ass would be asleep and no one would be there at the end. So, yes, you have to lose things. You have to speed things up. You have yeah. to shorten backstories. You know, it's just, you don't have time for all that. When you're sitting on your patio, you got all the time in the world yeah. reading that. <laughs> so, I'm done with people saying, oh, it wasn't like the book. Of course not. That's why it's a film. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different art form, it's a different medium. It's a collaborative art form, whereas usually novels are solo, unless yeah. you know, unless you have a writing partner or whatever. So I don't know. That's about it. I just you, you gotta give it a little leeway. I do agree, and it's half the reason why I'm not going to sit and watch World War Z at least anytime soon, because I know I'll turn into one of those people that is. This isn't like the book, as mm-hmm. I kind of just said, but I'm saying that based on not having seen the film. Yeah, and I'm not going to see the film, so I'm not going to trash the mm-hmm. film for it I know that there are so many people out there you included that like the film for what it is mm-hmm. and I'm sure it's a fantastic film for what it is but it is one of those things of I'm probably a little too you're too not going to be able to disassociate that yeah. from your mind while and, watching it yeah. and fortunately I'm aware enough of that to mm-hmm. make the decision not to see the film yeah and, it would be like well I don't know it's like you said in Ender's Game, they spoiled it. It'd be like watching that film first and then going back and reading the book. What's the point of reading yeah. the book then? <laughs> you know, it's like, you're just... Yeah. Uh, you know, so... Well, that, well that'll be the, the other discussion that I was going to bring up, is that let's say you have a film that is super faithful to the book, which I'm hoping Ender's Game is going to be like, mm-hmm. because with the technology we have at the moment, it can make a fantastic-looking film, as long as the budget is there. But, yeah, there's... So many films out there that do do so much justice to the book that people will argue, well, why would you need to read the book now Mm. that you've seen the film? And I always think that people have missed exactly... I think those people 
aren't people that read a lot you know mm. <laughs> you get mm. all those people that are like well i've seen the film so i don't need to read the book or i i went to school with someone who was supposed to give a report on a book he then found out there was a film so he gave the report on the film yeah <laughs> like, and your teacher knows trust yeah me. Yeah. It's one of those things of there are unfortunately so many people out there that would just rather see the film and then miss out on the book entirely. And it is one of those things of it is such a different medium that so many people mm-hmm. just don't jump onto. Ah, oh, sit down, read that book, yeah. and that to, to tie it back in that does lead into the issue that you have oh people saying it's not like the book is so oh, yeah see like uh and a lot a lot of arguments i hear is like well nothing can compete with the human imagination and i say bullshit <laughs> have you seen today's special effects <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i can never i'm a pretty imaginative guy and i could never come up with that shit and uh, I, I i like creating the world as i read a book yeah. You know, and I, I get an image of the characters based on the description and stuff. And uh, But still, when I saw the Lord of the Rings film, a lot of points I'm like, yes, that is how Minas Morgul should look. Yeah. Yes, that is how, you know, uh, you know the Balan's tomb should, you know, that yeah. is exact, you know, that's, yes, you know, I, I was a little off on it, but that's exactly, yeah. uh, you know, it just clicked. And I don't know, I like seeing these things come to life. And, yeah. uh I, I sometimes go into films and I'll have an idea of what a character should look like in my head. And what I've probably done is read the description of the character, gone a few pages in, and then based on what the character does and acts like, that's how I think of what the character mm-hmm. is like. Yeah. So I might see a film and then the character looks completely different to how I imagined. And I go, oh, that's not right. And then I go back and I... Oh no, that is right. I'm wrong. Like, <laughs> I've created my own version of this character. Yeah, the, the comedian Pete Holmes, he said he likes watching the film first and then reading a book right. because he doesn't have to do less work. It's all been cast for him. <laughs> so he's like, oh, Elijah Wood is Frodo. <laughs> and he can picture Elijah Wood. <laughs> and he doesn't have to, his brain doesn't have to do as much work. Sure. <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess that's one way to go about it. But. Well, I, I, I had a thing of, I read the Harry Potter books growing up and by about the third book, they started coming out with the audiobook version of it, mm-hmm. which my family bought because we, every year, would take a long trip up to the north of England, and we'd be up there for a week, and we'd come back. And so on that trip, we would listen to the audiobook of Harry Potter, and it was read entirely by Stephen Fry. And so he had these voices for the characters, and from then on, whenever I read that book... Oh, this is what this character sounds yeah. like to me, and it it really is when you yeah, yeah, when you get given yes. that one thing, unless you are the diehard fan that had a very strict thing stuck mm. in your head, like that's what you go with, and that is one reason why I like film adaptations of books is you get to, especially if you read the book first, yeah. you get to enjoy reading the book, and then you get to see it realized in front of you, mm. which is something that. And Not- great movie, by the way, Adaptation, <laughs> which is kind of cover, you know, well, yeah. an amazing film, but yeah, I just want to throw that out there, but sorry to interrupt you, sir. Yeah. But yeah, so I guess right now would be a good time to ask then, and obviously I know now, but these good folks don't. What is your least liked least liked. film made from a book? And what? just before we go into that... I don't know. I mean, does this need to be a book I've read? Because I feel like it's not no, fair. I, I will say, we are going to, with the... Except for the odd dig. Ooh, we I are have going one. to not mention Twilight here. Because okay. that is just a bad film series. 
I do Even have, I do have the book. worst movie based off of a great book. Okay. And it's by an author we've mentioned already. Okay. Uh, one of my favorites hmm. through my adolescence and to today. Uh, it's a book and film called Hearts of Atlantis. Hearts Are you Atlantis. familiar? I have heard the name. I uh, can only imagine Orson Scott Gard. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, with the fantasy there, I, uh, I guess he is more Earthbound. So, so. Yeah. Okay. What's who's the author? Stephen King is the author. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was set up. It's brilliantly set up as I believe five. Stories. I, I might be wrong. It might be four, but I believe it's five novellas compiled together. Okay, right. So it makes a coherent story in it of itself. Exactly. Okay. There are seemingly no connections immediately between these stories. Right. But it all weaves together I, in I the love end. That sort of stuff. Uh, yeah. So when they go and do the film, what do they do? Just the first part. Really? Yep. Okay. Where it's based <laughs> off a title. It has Anthony Hopkins in it. And Anton Yelchin, who, you know, yeah, uh, Star Trek, Trek. <laughs> and yeah, 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 and uh, Charlie Bartlett, you know, uh, nice guy. But yeah, they just deal with the yellow men and like the FBI guys and and you have no backstory and you have, it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> and it's just this relationship with this old guy and this young guy, like mentoring thing. And it's an utter piece of shit. <laughs> and Stephen King should get his dollar back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, it is absolutely horrible. Scott Hicks, fuck you for <laughs> ruining. Uh, but I mean, that's one of those where I was so excited when I heard they were making this a, a movie. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my god, because I can't wait to see when they go into this story, and I can't wait to, you know, it, what should have been done is it should have been done in like two or three parts, two or yeah. three films. Maybe that was the plan. I don't know. Maybe financing fell through. Maybe I need to cut him some slack. I don't know the whole research. Right. But either way, Hearts in Atlantis. By itself, sucks a big one. And the novel, you need to read. Because it is so well done. And it's nothing like Stephen King's ever written before. It's it's uh, not horror. It's got so much heart and depth to it. And right. intrigue. And there are some spooky parts. But it's not like Carrie or Christine or, you know, hmm. or, you know The Shining or anything. It, right. it, it, it's a grown-up world novel. You know, kind of... Frightening as far as the real world we live in. Right. But no super duper supernatural things. Kind of. A little. Because he always has to throw that in there. Yeah. But, I mean, it's nothing like he's ever done with the, the stories just going back and forth. And just, it, it's so well done. And the movie just totally let me down. <laughs> so that's, yeah, Hearts in Atlantis. I'm, ugh, I'm still not over it. Like, I really wanted to see that brought to life. But, seriously, read that, Paul. All because right. Okay. I think I have it at home. but Well, if you do, I will borrow yeah. it from you. If yes. not, write it down and I will go to the library. <laughs> but yeah, that is mine. What is your worst film adaptation? All right. Well, Sweeping Twilight uh, is own category yeah. off to the side. I have... I had real trouble with this because as you went on your own before, like, it, not like the book and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. I had real issue with the fifth Harry Potter film because... That book is the thickest book in the entire series. Okay. And it was made into one film that wasn't even the longest film in the series. And I agree, there was stuff in there that could be cut out. But if they'd shot that into two films like they did with the last book, which technically could have just been a really long film and they would have been fine, they could have had so much But then they only would have sold one (laughs) ticket, Paul. (laughs) Not two. Well, there you go. They could have had nine films. How much money would that have brought in? Yeah. 
But all of this stuff was taken out with the house elves, which as Dobby, a main character from the mm. thing, he was one of the house elves, and there's the, the subplot of Hermione was so annoyed with the concept of house elves that she went around trying to free them and trying to create this thing which would help to free house elves in houses where they're being, you know, kind of like the RSPCA type thing, which is called something else over here, so it's the ASPCA, yeah. <laughs> the, the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Well, that could have then come back like it did in the books, with the house elves being on their side during the final battle, and it could have added an extra layer to it. But they didn't do that, they cut out so much in there, and so I was always slightly annoyed with that, that they didn't cut that one, it's too hard. But... Upon reflection, I thought of something which was just a bad film from so little material, which was, and I'm almost ashamed to say I've seen this film, The Cat in the Hat. (laughs) Did not live up to the Dr. Seuss novel. I (laughs) I didn't like The Cat in the Hat, the book. And this film was awful. <laughs> well, that gets me back. I think we might have covered it in another episode of things that don't need to be made into movies. Short stories. Uh, you know, The Grinch. Well, there was one I don't know I went off on months ago. But yes, these things yeah. that don't need to be extrapolated into 90 minutes. Yeah. I, mean, I, I will actually say that The Lorax is a good film and takes mm-hmm. the spirit of the book and really runs with it. So I think that one was good. And obviously the environmental messages was in there, so try and get mm-hmm. kids and so on and so forth. But yeah, the cat in the hat, I honestly don't know, and apologies if he's listening, which he won't be, Mike Myers, I don't know what he was thinking with that one. I don't know <laughs> how, yeah, if he owed a favor, if it was really well-pitched to him. <laughs> but yeah, I, I normally enjoy him in things. Yeah. For the most part, maybe not so much anymore. I think I'm, he's kind of run his course for so me. I, I've not but, seen him in too much stuff recently. Yeah, but that, uh, I think I've, on a Christmas special or something, I think, you know, um, we, me and my friend Dustin, who did our music and our design, you know, yeah. uh, wanted to see Elf and the girls wanted to see Cat in the Hat. <laughs> oh, so that he's all Cat in the Hat. <laughs> <laughs> and we know... Who would have won that? <laughs> which yeah. movie is done better? <laughs> I, I guess. And the, which directors has gone? <laughs> I guess the the best question to that would be then: Did the girls then see Elf later and agree that that would have been the better of choice? Not. <laughs> oh, okay. No, saw it, but no. Of course, they're stubborn. Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't recall exactly, but uh, <laughs> I remember being bored from minute one of that film, and it didn't get better. <laughs> there are so many uh, things in that film where it was like I can kind of. see see what you were trying to it's do. It's like the SNL films that don't work. It's like, just because yeah. it exists or works as a five-minute sketch doesn't mean it's going to work as a film. Yeah. And that Cat in the Hat movie could have been five minutes. Yeah. You know, that could have been a YouTube video. Yeah. That or, was, or oh, even, hey, look, someone made a YouTube video of Cat in the Hat. That would have been fine. Yeah, or, or even, I know the money wouldn't have been spent on it, but I'm fairly certain there was a animation done of the book at mm-hmm. one point. Like, try and do the live action of mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Make it the, what, 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Yeah. Don't go the full almost hour and a half. So another, <laughs> uh, along those lines of a beloved children's book, is Where the Wild Things Are. And I have not seen that one. And it, I mean, I guess that's a challenging thing. I shouldn't be so critical because I, I imagine that's a very challenging world <laughs> to Probably. reimagine on film. But I was pretty let down by that experience it looked good i mean visually looked good i'm sure it but did, i was from what I saw of it, yeah. quite bored throughout <laughs> and there were a couple of good moments but i was just like whew, i yeah. was checking the watch <laughs> of that one but it's a, you know one of those that 
at least over here, every kid remembers being read where the wild things are, you know. Yeah. So, but I don't know that that's your worst. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I, <laughs> that, that was going to be. I was going to ask you as well, since we're kind of on the topic, that kids' books made into films, like the Roald Dahl books. They made the BFG as an animated film, like a long time ago, mm-hmm. and that one was like really good. It actually mm-hmm. came together with that. And then they made Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to say, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is about Charlie. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is about Willy, Willy. Wonka. <laughs> and yes. I really like that, even though Roald Dahl himself said he didn't like the book, the film and it didn't do justice to his book. Mm-hmm. And then apparently his widow said that the recent one did justice to it, which... It did justice <laughs> to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I will actually say I've reread the book I think five years ago and on reflection the second film does follow the book better but it's a horrible movie <laughs> but I do prefer and the, put a lot of short people out of work <laughs> yes yes mm-hmm. if that's your main gripe with the <laughs> hey you know I yeah, I like supporting the short people so uh, what's his name I don't know uh, Deep Roy. Deep Roy, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, we only need 4,000 Deep Roys in the movie, but apparently uh, Tim Burton disagreed. Well, the only other films that I had written down, mm. I actually haven't seen any of the Bourne films, so I cannot speculate oh, on Oh, yes. Those are completely different. <laughs> uh, different time period. They're, I think the novels are in the 70s or something. Right. Okay. Um, I, I kind of the CIA world. I can you know, understand that, though. That, you they had to update everything. So, you know, it wouldn't have been as interesting if it was done retrospectively. Uh, yeah, it would have been... Because, and you have all the cool new gadgets and yeah. stuff to do. You know, uh, I, I would say in that case, then, you're trying to do... what well, you're basically trying to do Born in the time of Argo. I don't... Yeah, I don't see that... Yeah, machine. so it, that's more of like your World War Z inspired by yeah. the Bourne novel. Because there are very few similarities. Um, I think he's much older in the novels. Right. They're really good novels. Um, I'm sure they are. And I'm really pissed that he sold the rights to the novels. Because now they, <laughs> you have some asshole writing them. <laughs> it's like the... You know, it just... And I, I hate when authors do that. And just like... Yeah, it's. I guess it's your baby, but... It's our baby, too. Yeah. You know? And now you're letting someone that's just... Oh, you're, you're going to take on the characters and just continue stories forever and ever and ever. You know? Like, the last Bourne movie was not written by him. You know? It was with yeah. what, Jeremy Renner. And, you know, it's like... Well, is, is that technically a Bourne film since it's not the Jason Bourne? It's, it's another guy? Uh, I don't consider it, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I know, it's, yeah. I know it's of that series, no. but... Yes. Yeah, it will be left out of, yeah. If it's in a Blu-ray combo pack, I will be throwing that one in the trash. <laughs> Much like Rocky V or Godfather Three. <laughs> I know someone that would these will be Rocky coasters. Five, yeah. I will use these as coasters. Yeah, laminate them, use them as coasters. There you go. Yeah. There we go. Oh, how do you get it so lifelike? Well, it actually is. Yes, yes. <laughs> I figured it should have some use, <laughs> other than making my TV sick. All right. Well, the, the only other ones I wrote down, I got five that I wrote down that. I'll just run through quick then. You got 1984, which the film was alright. The Narnia series, which... Oh, I wrote down that, yes. Which, that was a letdown for me as well. Yeah, I I thought... I could I see... I thought there'd be a lot more hype and... Lion, the Witch, and Wardrobe did some of it well. Mm-hmm. But... I think I've not flat, seen I'm any sure since. And yeah, I've not seen well, any I of the Well, I saw part of Prince Caspian, or I think. Right. Uh, my main issue with what they did was that they did it out of order. 
Yeah. Like Prince Caspian is the last book. So why would you do that? And then go, they then went back and did the Voyage of the Dawn Treader, which I think is the third book or something. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, that was one of those I read in sixth grade. I read all, you know, we only had to read Lion, Witch, and Wardrobe, but I loved it so much I bought the whole collection all right. and just read them all. And I, mean, uh, I do understand. Because I was the nerd and I wanted to read <laughs> for pleasure. I, I do understand why they didn't start with The Magician's Nephew mm-hmm. because. If you look at the whole thing, based on what I remember, it really is of itself type yeah, thing. It's, and then yeah. Lion, Witch, and Wardrobe sparks the rest of it. But I, well, I think The Magician's Nephew, if given to the right people, could be done as a solid standalone film with a yeah. slight connection. But yeah, I think that's one of those where I had a lot of expectations. And yeah. And I was like, <laughs> you know, it was all right. <laughs> it's all right. Six yeah. out of ten, you know, something like that. Right. But, well, Wizard of Oz is another one, and I guess mm. The Great and Powerful Oz as well. Yeah. I was never a fan of The Wizard of Oz. I've never read the book. The Wiz. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've seen The Wiz. That'd be, I, I enjoyed that more yeah. than Or, uh, what was it, Tin Man, the miniseries with Zoe Deschanel, that was which good. was really good. That was really yeah. good. Which, which, which I, I think... <laughs> you know I, you know. Yeah, so, I know. <laughs> I'll yeah. give it a... <laughs> uh, but I, I think that is strengthening my argument of... A I lot think, of these yeah. films really should They're be better broken down mini into miniseries, or, yeah. mainly because you can go more into it. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, it's not yeah. going to be the twenty, what, twenty-four episode slog. Yeah, because you you're going to have it. Even if they're only hour parts, you're going to have like three hours of material as opposed to an hour and forty minutes. Yeah, there, you know, something. Yeah, <laughs> or even do what Sherlock did, which is each oh, book inspired an hour and a half long episode. Yeah, they, which they are essentially films into yeah. themselves. You know. <laughs> Which, uh, I mean, you know, as anyone that listened to this would know, we are big Sherlock yes. fans. Can't <laughs> wait for the third to start. Um, so, anyway, and yeah, I thought The Great Powerful Oz was better than The Wizard of Oz, mainly because I don't like The Wizard of Oz. And apparently it is, really is inspired by the actual book. Is really going with what that's on there. Planet of the Apes was another one that's kind of got out of control, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that series really went out there. And then, last one, I, I didn't write this down last, but last one I'm going to mention, War of the Worlds. Okay. The, uh, the Tom Cruise adaptation yeah. <laughs> of it. Yeah, I, I think for that one, the original radio broadcast by, I believe it was Orson Welles. Yeah, the first episode came out and people genuinely took to the streets in a panic because they thought an alien invasion had started. Like, that is something that you're never going to get the feel of in that film. Sorry, one second, Paul. The password is Edward Scissorhands. Ooh. <laughs> right, Go ahead. Right, yeah. So you're never going to get the feel of that in the film, which I think hurt it. Yeah. Yeah, and then some people will say Tom Cruise hurt it as well, and I do think that it worked so much better as a book and a radio series that the film was always going to disappoint. Yeah. Gotcha, that one. gotcha. <laughs> All right, let me run through mine real quick that I had. Did you go through your favorite? Your I, favorite? I, I was going to have that up next if you didn't have any more to add. Oh, but, uh, okay. Um, well, go ahead and get your favorite out there. All right, my favorite, I'm not going to say Shawshank Redemption. That is just my favorite film. <laughs> you just did, sir. <laughs> I hate to be nitpick. <laughs> Fine. I'm not going to say that it is Shawshank Redemption <laughs> okay. because like, it, based on the novella I've never read, Okay, the, Rita Hayworth the, and the Shawshank Redemption, yeah. yes. And it is just my favorite film, period. Like so. that, that collection of all stories, though, is a great collection. Um, oh, if you I'm, get your, I forget sure the name either. of it right now, but I do have it. 
but yeah, uh, one I, that contains Rita Hayworth. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I will look into that. Then. Yes, <laughs> the um, one that I went for then actually is my second favorite film, and it is based on a series of books which technically could be called graphic novels, but mm. it's got Pilgrim vs. the World, okay. which Edgar Wright was a director, and yeah. did fantastically. And if you listen to the fans of the books, it follows it so well. Like he got that world, he got that book series, and he did change... Well, he changed the ending in as much as the last book wasn't written, wasn't published by the time that the film came out. Though mm-hmm. so he went with the ending that he thought made sense, and the original author was going to go with a different ending from what was in the film. But then I think, slightly based on what he saw in the film, he then went with that ending mm-hmm. as well. And I think it's a fantastic thing of art transferring the way we want it from a book series that was just so much fun to a film that is just so much fun. Like it's a, yeah. it's almost a perfect that thing to make. That has so it much rewatch value. Yeah. Like I, there's nothing else. Like you can just throw on Scott Pilgrim and watch <laughs> 20 minutes or half an hour and. It's entertaining. Yeah, I mean, it, it is the one thing that uh, I hadn't mentioned so far would be that graphic novels clearly will easily make the jump to film as long as you have good writing and good, good directing. writing. And someone at the helm, yeah. yeah. yeah someone For instance, I that would understands say it. Sin City. Mm-hmm. Like, that was done entirely in the style of that graphic novel series. Yeah, and well, I, yeah, yeah. One of the, the director has to films. understand the material and yeah. has to actually, I think, love it. Too. Yeah, you, which, you have to have someone. Which this that isn't is, based off a book, but which, which was a big part of Ang Lee's The Hulk. Was uh, it? Or wait, Ang Lee's so, Hulk, or because Ang Lee did the first Hulk, which flopped. I think like no yeah, one liked because he didn't one. get it. He yeah. didn't. Uh, you know, that's not the guy you get. But either way, yeah, <laughs> I digest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's but, let's move it on here. Yeah, it was basically as as you were saying there. You need someone that has something to lose with that. Like this is what. They grew up liking now. Mm-hmm. Either that, or this is what they enjoyed reading. Mm-hmm. So now they they have to be good for it because they want yeah. to make that film that they want to see. And, and that <laughs> leads, uh, hopefully, are you yeah, okay? That, I don't want to step on your me. toes there. Yeah, that leads perfectly into my one of my favorite books and one of my all time favorite films, directed by David Fincher, who's also one of my favorite directors. Yeah. I love David Fincher yeah, films. Good. Fight Club, fantastic and, film, which actually. <laughs> In a rare occurrence, I saw the film first and did not know of Chuck Palahniuk, who is one of, I would say, he's my current favorite author. Like, I read anything by Palahniuk. He's just so honest and so raw in everything, and his humor comes from such a natural place, and it's disturbing and disgusting and just shocking. Every novel is just its own world and you know always tales of the outsider you know yeah cling fringe groups but uh you know i saw the film first and it was just blown away i remember seeing the trailers and i'm like i don't want to see brad pitt with his shirt off just (laughs) fighting people that's for women you know but it's such not that you know so not that but i I love the film so i had to go and get the book and read the book and i'm like oh this is a little different but I was just as entertained right. with the book. I mean, it, I really saw that David Fincher loved the book, and right. want, you know, and people involved really wanted to honor it. And there was a great commentary track with David Fincher and Chuck Palahniuk 
on the DVD where oh, you know Chuck Palahniuk kind of gives him some shit about stuff he left out and gives right. you know gives him shit about things he changed, but he's overall happy yeah. with the result. So that's that's mine. I, need I think both you, both are great, and I can take either one. You know, take either one. I'm not upset. Right. Be- maybe it's because I saw the film first that might be part of it. I didn't love the book first, yeah. but now I have read every book of his and like I read Choke before it became the Sam Rockwell film right. and I did have some issues with Choke <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was still a good film yeah. but you know I prefer the book blah 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 but uh, yeah I, I did want to really really quickly talk about uh, The Green Mile okay because if have you read that I have not I, and, and if anyone remembers Stephen King released that as a serial really each, each it was broken up into I believe seven very short novels. I think right. they're all around 100 pages, 150 pages. I can see how that could work. And there was episodes, and you just would wait, and it, they were, I mean, less than an inch thick. You know, yeah. they were like half an inch thick, maybe a quarter of an inch <laughs> thick, you know. And you, I, I just went down to uh, the newsstand in my hometown, and I'd buy the new one and read it. And I'd read, oh, the first one I think was John Coffee or something, or, you right. know, introduced John Coffee. And the one was like The Horrible Death or, or something of Edward Delacroix, which is right. that whole tale of Percy, you know, not wetting the sponge and yeah. Delacroix roasting alive essentially you know and that was a whole story right. and it worked so well and you got to look forward to each one coming out and that that's an experience that you don't get a whole lot yeah but what Frank Darabont did with the film I thought was wonderful I, if I'd have to say that's probably my second favorite right like you can kind of see the episodic nature was, and when you watch The Green Mile. Yeah, I was going to say, it's almost kind of the same as it, it spans yeah it spans Paul I think his name Oh, yeah. yeah, his whole life. Something. But yeah, just I love those books, and I think they did as good a job as you could do with the film. Yeah, uh, but I, that's one of those situations I never envisioned it working so well. But yeah, it did. Well, yeah, so well, yeah, I mean, that's... if you buy it now, you cannot get those individual. There, the Green Mile is now just one novel. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah could, but it was so cool because you just like the books were like three bucks or something, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you just <laughs> get your, it was brilliant. I mean, he made a lot of money that way. I think they were also available online or something. I don't know. It was very early on. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't know. It was either released in newspapers. I don't know. My memory's not serving me well. But yeah, I'm uh, tired of hearing myself talk, Paul. All right, that's right. <laughs> Save me. All right, all right. Shall we jump into recommendations if we have? Them? Yeah, let's get some quick recommendations out of the way. All right. Here. Well, tell, you just go first, so you can get right. talking out of the way. Let's start the clock. Thirty seconds right. <laughs> for each of us. I'm gonna go with. Another Netflix original. Netflix is a serious contender in original programming. <laughs> I never thought I'd say that, but it's their next one with collaboration with BBC Four, I believe. Yeah. Derek. It's Rick, Ricky Gervais's new vehicle. It's uh, set in, in an old folks' home, nursing home, whichever the PC term is. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it is. I don't know if you have a heart like me, you might want a tissue or two next to you. <laughs> if you're a soulless robot like Paul, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. hey, hey, blank, blank. <laughs> a blank, yes. Anyway, either way, still entertaining for soulless robots. Yes. Soulless blanks. <laughs> Just soulless, period. It, it, uh, he's, you know, a little slower and he's got so much heart and kindness. And yeah. It, it is really funny and very touching. But I have the only series I've finished and then immediately started watching again right so i've now seen it twice <laughs> that's uh yeah go check out derek and right. user. well mine is something that being released on dvd so it's not exactly an unknown type thing but i did mention it to you before it is so far the first two of the trilogy being released of atlas shrugged 
Part okay. one and part two. It right. is a brilliant story. I've never read the book. Speaking of book, yeah, yeah. it's a nice uh, connection there with books. <laughs> yeah, again, a book that I haven't read, I didn't actually know existed until... Really? You've never read anything by Ayn Rand? Uh, no, I'd heard the name, but okay. I'd never read anything by her. And these films, the world that has been created, and like Atlas Rug Part 1 leads up to the first time a partner that two of the people are with disappears. And the second film is dealing with more of this happening. Like, and based on what I know now a little of the book, it seems that the third film is going to be really fast paced because there has to be a lot more that happens yes I have not but, seen the films yet and it's been years and years since I read the book but yeah I I normally am not that into like the sort of civil aspect so this stuff mm-hmm. but these films really drew me in and it's a fantastically woven story so if you have right. I think at this point it's about three hours for the two of them to spare sit down and try and watch them in one go if you can't then obviously you got the one then you got mm-hmm. the two uh, they are just solid films. I think I watched them over like a three-week period. Okay. So, All right. So, yeah. I will uh, throw those in my queue. I'm looking for new movies. Because all I'm watching is TV on there. But... <laughs> yeah. I, I got great shows on Netflix. Well, it's... I was starting to have a problem because I'm now getting more into Hulu Plus. Catch up on Sherlock, folks. It's coming out soon. <laughs> yes. I, I, I just watched Study in Pink again, and I'm going to work my way through the other five. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? It's better than anything else I can pick out. Right. <laughs> Guaranteed pretty much all right uh, we've taken up enough of your time yeah and uh, lolo agrees as well all right and i've been brian i've been paul goodbye yeah